So it's time to get your game right, get your mind right, start thinking about things that are actually relevant in your life as opposed to things other people think you should know. So today I am am very fortunate to have a great friend of mine, uh, a great baseball player, uh, a person who has overachieved his whole life on the show, uh, barring injury, barring a lot of things. This guy would have been a 15-year big leaguer just like I was uh, or could have been without back surgeries. So it's a kid, a small-town kid from Oklahoma who ended up going to Cali County Community College, playing at Wichita State. And I cannot tell you anything other than this guy's got character. He's got everything that your kid should want to have, and he's showing that at the next level in his business opportunities. Tyler Fleming, it's great to have you on the show, man. I appreciate it so much for you being on. Absolutely, man. I, I really, really appreciate you having me. And, and you know, I feel very strongly about you and your character as well and everything that you've accomplished in life. And I really, really appreciate the opportunity. A lot of people always, you know, when they go back to uh, when I do interviews and stuff with people, sometimes they will say, you just have people who are like minded like you on the show. And, and I, what I'll tell them is I'll have anybody on the show regardless but I think that people who are like-minded like me, people who came from a background that wasn't necessarily the easiest way to get there, the, the, the rite of passage, uh, I think it gives kids a lot of encouragement to understand that even no matter where I come from, you know, I, there's a potential for me to strive at a better level. Yeah, I would, I would 100% agree with that. You know, you and I, we're kind of bred from the same cloth, small town kids, uh, you know, got dirty, got our hands and, and feet wet, like to hunt and fish. Um, you know, what I'm seeing right now is just the way that, that kids are being brought into the game is just a little bit, seems a little bit different than the way that you and I were brought up. Without a doubt. The game has changed. It's, it's developing uh, into a game that caters to what people need it to be now. And that's, there's, I think there's parts of that, that that's time that's inevitable. But what I always tried to drive home is the fact that whether you played in 1842 or you play in 2018, a lot of the, the aspects that make not only a person successful in baseball, but in life remain the same. Yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. You know, we were, uh, you know, my, my parents, I was extremely fortunate to grow up with parents that were very supportive, but, you know, they set a very strict standard of, of what was expected. And it's, you know, it didn't matter if it was school, if it was baseball, if it was, you know, whatever it may be, you show up early, you stay late, you give it your all, um, you know, uh, you compete in everything that you do. Uh, I, you know, I really attribute a lot of my, my success, you know, where I'm at today and baseball and everything else is from those fundamentals of how I was raised. And, you know, I, I, you mentioned earlier, you surround yourself with kind of the same type of people that you are. And, and I was very fortunate as well growing up in Enid to have a group of eight or nine of us that played baseball our whole lives together all the way through high school. And then, you know, most of us went on into college, but, you know, I look back on that group and everybody was very hard nosed, very blue collar, you know, played the game right. um, and, And just, competed in every aspect of life, whether it was baseball or school or another sport. You know, we all played several sports at the time, but but competition is just everything. And, and I think taking 
away from baseball and into life, you know, I try to apply that competition factor into just normal business. Without, without having somebody on the other end, you're never going to achieve your full potential. And I just had this conversation with a, a guy that I respect highly. He's actually a business coach of mine. And, and he basically, we broke it down into my, the, the towns where I came from. There was one guy in particular that nobody really, everybody, nobody liked him. But without him being there, we all love him for what he is. <laughs> yeah. and he was, he was great. But, but we, it was, it was like, that was the guy you wanted to be always. Right. You always wanted, you always had that chip on your shoulder to go beat that guy. And without that guy being there, I wouldn't have got better as a baseball player and the coaches wouldn't have got better as individuals to coach the team. So sometimes your nemesis, the person who's on the opposite side actually is helping you develop your game at a higher level without you even understanding that. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with that more. And, you know, in high school, you see that. And then even for us in college, you know, we, we played against some big name, high profile draft guys. And I always really looked forward to playing those teams that had the high profile projected number one or number two overall mm -hmm. draft type people, because I want to have the opportunity to go throw at them and I want to go beat them. Yeah. Yeah. Without those guys, without somebody putting a label on somebody. So w without somebody saying that, that uh, this this Dreifert guy is going to be the best thing since sliced bread. Big left-handed pitcher. He's going to be in the big league for a long time. What's when we went as Wichita State to go play him and we waxed him, right? We'd wax guys like that, and here's why: is because they had the stigma, and a lot of those guys they didn't even they were the only reason they had the stigma was because they were projectable. Their skill sets weren't in place yet. Their mindset wasn't in place yet. But we took it as we're Wichita State. We're going to go out there and crush this fool. Or, or you're Cali County. You're going to go out there and crush this fool. That's the same thing. That goes all the way back to my high school days. Of I was from Haven, a little small town. And, and, and the town that was closest to me was Hutchinson, Kansas. Basically, the guy wanted his Hutch guys on the Legion team. So at the time, that, that's just the way baseball worked. You had Legion teams and different things. He didn't want me on the team, not because I wasn't talented, but I took that as he doesn't think I'm good enough. So when I, I went in and ended up being on the Nickerson high school team, which was a different town than the Hutch team, the Hutch team was the biggest team, the team that I wanted to be on. But uh, I looked at it as he thought I wasn't good enough to be on that team. I went to a different team, the town over. And when we played Hutchinson, I absolutely destroyed him. Like, my mission in life was to destroy Hutchinson, <laughs> and it made me such a better player. Yeah, no, you know, I think it's it's funny. I think a lot of people have a similar story to that um, in their lives growing up, and I think I think there's several factors here. I think the way we were raised and the way that, that we learned how to play the game and, and play it right, but I think on top of that, you know, competitors – seem to rise to the occasion when they're when they're in that situation right you're playing the guy that is your nemesis and it's you versus him and even though it's a baseball is a team sport you go into it as hey this is me versus you and I'm gonna beat you and yeah. you know I I think I think it's hard to instill that in every kid and I think the way you're brought up has a lot to do with that but I think it can be learned at the same time but you have to have 
you have to have kids that want to be like that and want to learn and they respect the people that played in front of them and they respect the way Andy Dirks played the game and, and broke up a double play in a serious situation at second base. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's the right way to play the game and it's a game that we love. Yeah. So, and, and this boils down to conversations that I have a lot now, social media, the internet and all these new, the, the new technology that we have, I think is awesome. And here's why, because we came off of eras. So in, in 1992, there was a strike, right? So when baseball struck, whatever, whatever year it was, I think it was 1992, but baseball, basically the players decided that we're not getting paid enough for what we're doing. The owners are making all the money. So we're going to strike and we're going to get out of the game. The fans left the game. The people who actually loved the game decided we're not going to watch these fools anymore. So then what happened was steroids came into the game. Long story short, steroids were acceptable for a while, then got out of the game, right? So now we're in a game now that the steroids are gone. People are watching the game based on entertainment value, just like they should. Because at, at the end of the day, baseball, without having a fan base that's an entertainment value-oriented fan base, it doesn't make sense. People love baseball for a lot of reasons. A lot of it is the statistics of the game. Hey, I can I can relate to this player. Like when I came to Detroit, a small town kid from Kansas, they liked my blue collar aspects because that's what Detroit was built on. Yeah. So, but at the end of the day, if you look back now and say, how do we keep that relevance in the game and guys in social media and you see guys that are pimping home runs and doing this stuff. When we say play the game the right way, what I would say is we're playing the game the right way. It doesn't necessarily mean you don't always – you can still be elaborate and you can still do some some things that that the old school guys would say are awful, right? Because that's the only way they knew how to play. But I think as a whole, if, you're, if your concept is how do I get better every single day and how do I make my teammates better every single day, that's playing the game the right way. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with you. I think, uh, I think, you know, on that topic, you know, all, all the kids of today's generation do see the things you mentioned, the bat flips and the jawing back and forth. I think if everybody can stay consistent and, and try not to worry about all those distractions and do exactly what you just said, which is how do I make myself as good a player as possible and how do I help my team in any way, shape, or form to go win a championship. Because, you know, that that's another thing that for me is is a little frustrating to see is I think there are still Legion teams out there that are competing to win a, a championship. And there's Connie Mack, which is, you know, it's a little different than Legion, but it's still yeah. they're competing to win a championship. And that's what you and I grew up on, right? We grew up on Legion where you have to go win your state tournament, then you have to go win a regional, and then you have to win a World Series. And in 2005, I was fortunate to be part of a team in Enid that was the first Oklahoma team to win the Legion World Series. And that might be, you know, not a huge thing to some people, but for us it was a very, very big deal, and it's something that we worked all summer towards, and we accomplished our goal. And that was – the feeling was was hard to even speak about. It was so exciting, but – you know, you see a lot of the, the showcase teams now where you've got kids that they show up to a game, they go play, they go four for four with two home runs, and scouts saw that, that their team got beat by five, but the kid walks off happy. 
He didn't care if they won or lost. He wanted to yeah. be seen, and, and he did get seen. He accomplished that. And, and so it, it's just a tough pill for me to swallow because it's so different than the way you and I played as, as high school kids trying to go play college. If, if we got seen, it was getting seen at a Legion game or it was being seen in high school playing against somebody. It wasn't going to a showcase or anything like that. So, you know, I'm not necessarily saying that's a bad thing. I'm not downgrading kids that are going to showcases to be seen. I totally get it. They want to get out there and they want to go play college baseball or play pro and, and they need to be seen. But I just I miss the, the competitive aspect when it comes to that rather than playing Legion. Without a doubt. So this is basically the way I break it down is, and, and we get lots of questions about what, what camps should I send my kids to? You know, where, where should they be going? Every, every case is a little bit independent, but as a whole, what I would say in general is if you're sending your kid to a place that's going to help their development, help them become a better baseball player, as opposed to a place where, you know, we're all going to line up at third base and throw balls across the diamond and see who can throw it the hardest into the 12th row of the stands. You know, that's, that's a different, you're not learning the game by doing that. You're not learning the aspects that are actually going to attribute to your success later. What you're doing is saying, here's a skill set that I have and I can throw the ball really hard across the diamond and scouts will love you for that to a point. But at the end of the day, nobody's going to love you if you can't play the game. That's right. No, no, no. This you're. Is, this is this is where we're kind of in that that mode of, okay, how do we develop a good baseball player and still get them expo- the right exposure, right? Yeah. And that's that's kind of what we're trying to tally right now. So what's better for a kid? And I would say for any parent or any kid out there right now listening to this, ex- bad exposure is going to be way worse than good exposure. So this is, this is why you can take a kid who's got talent and who can be a very good baseball player and you put him in a showcase and he's the best baseball player on the field, but he can't throw it as hard across the diamond as somebody else. They're already going to degrade him and label him as not as good as this guy who just throws harder than him or, or hits the ball further than him. Right. Or her. So, so, are you doing your kid a service by sending them to a place where all that people are trying to do is evaluate them in one little circumstance? We're not looking at a baseball player. We're looking, looking at their talent, their God given ability. The whole, the whole premises of get your game right is basically this. So if, if I had to sum it up into one statement, get your game, right? What we're trying to do is develop individuals an individual's mindset to maximize their ability and unlock their full potential. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, that's perfectly stated. And I agree with that a hundred percent. And I think that, you know, you and I grew up on the mental aspect of it, especially at Wichita state with Brent Kimmins. He was just unbelievable at, at kind of carving the mental side of a pitcher and, and just of a player in general, but back to what you just said, you know, I totally agree with you. It's a tough situation because, you know, you're right. The scouts do want to see a guy that throws 95 across the diamond. But for me, I would rather, you know, honing back in on your program, I would rather see a kid that in an actual game situation with bases loaded and there's one out and the kid feels the ground ball and he knows to throw it home and get a force out and don't give up a run rather than be able to throw it 95 across the diamond. 
without a doubt, that, that kid's going to help you win more games. Absolutely. And it's just fundamentals. And those, those fundamentals, you know, as, as you played in the big leagues and you know in spring training, you guys are sitting there doing the fundamental drills that you did at age eight. And it might seem repetitive, but guess what? It's part of the game, and we got to be good at all of those. Yes. There's, there's, no, room, there's no room for somebody who is just talented. And that's, this is – you have to be a good baseball player. Like, to play in the big leagues, you have to be a good baseball player. And, and well-rounded. That's, that's something that I think a lot of people miss out on. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. And, and the other thing I would say on that is, you know, for a kid that comes up, you know, I was I was five foot seven and 130 pounds soaking wet until my senior year. And in between my junior and senior year, all of a sudden I, I jump up to 6'3 and I'm 170 and I'm throwing a little harder and getting a little bit of attention. But I still was never the guy that threw 95 across the diamond. As you know, I was the upper 80s, touch low 90s guy, but but I pitched, right? I didn't throw, I pitched. I had to throw three pitches for a strike on any count. I had to get ahead in the count and I had to be a competitor and hit my spots. And that got me a long ways. But I would say to the kids that, you know, might be listening to this, just because there's you don't throw 95 or just because you don't have a 12-6 curveball or just because you don't strike out two out of every three every inning doesn't mean you can't go be a big league pitcher for 20 years and be one of the best. Greg Maddox is one of the, the greatest examples of our generation, I think, of a guy who he didn't throw – he might have been able to throw 95 when he was younger, but that guy made a living off of having – unbelievable pinpoint control and he was so smart and studied the game and I just I would never want any kids to to get discouraged because they don't hit the long home runs or they don't throw 95 you can still absolutely go play d1 baseball go play professional baseball make it up to the big leagues and be a successful baseball player with not having some of those uh, attributes but by number one knowing the game more than anybody else and studying it. Number two, having just a solid foundation and mental capacity where you can go dig deep in the tough situations. And I think that's exactly, you know, what you are great at teaching at and explaining. And I think that's such a great opportunity for these kids. And I would tell every, every kid out there listening to that is it's not only baseball. So when we, when we go into life, like for you, for a, a perfect example is you, right? Uh, you had some, you had some ability. In my opinion, you maximized your talent. I would agree. Yeah. You you know, you had an injury, you had a shoulder surgery that is unfortunate. We all deal with things, right? But it's not like that shoulder surgery was going to define you as a person for the rest of your life. So what, what, what is, what are you doing now? And obviously you're very successful at it, but, but just give these kids an idea of, how did it go from Tyler Fleming, the baseball player, to Tyler Fleming, the businessman, who is now succeeding? Yeah, so so that's I, I appreciate the things you're saying there, but um, you know, when I had my shoulder surgery in 2008, it was definitely a, a tough pill to swallow. Um, you know, we all want to play baseball forever, and and I think I had a good mental foundation from my family, from my friends, from my coaches, where I also knew there was life after baseball. I wanted to play baseball forever, but I had the shoulder surgery, came back, was really never the same, Uh, you know, finished up on a really pretty good note my senior year at Wichita State. 
And I was excited about the new world. And, you know, I wanted to take the things I had learned in baseball, the competitiveness and, and having to overcome obstacles. That was one of the big things for me is I remember having my shoulder surgery and two months later, I'm still in a sling and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, how am I ever going to even throw a baseball again? I mean, this yeah. is, it's so far off. I don't know how I can do that. And, but the answer is I did get where I could throw a baseball again. I was able to get back on the field and get outs and help my team and ended up having a successful year. And it's the same thing in life. You know, you get out as a 24, 25, 26, whatever the age is, but you're a young man, you get out in the world. And I was fortunate where I was, was able to surround myself with good people. Once again, like you mentioned earlier, um, luck and timing helps as well. But when I got into the oil business at the age of, I think I was 25 when I first got in, you know, I treated it like I treated baseball, which is I'm a sponge. I need to go learn everything I can learn. I'm going to go outwork everybody that's in my field so that I can somehow advance myself with knowledge and, and hard work and do it the right way where I truly have an understanding of how this business works. And I was able to do that. I was able over, you know, two or three or four years to make some unbelievable contacts soak up and steal all the information I can possibly do because I wanted to learn. Um, and I was able to retain that information and then go take the competitive fire and say, okay, now that I have this knowledge, I got to take this and go beat out everybody else. And, and, you know, the team that I work with all has the exact same mind. And, uh, you know, we've just, we've just been very fortunate and we just go out every day and try to do the best. And, you know, there's, there's, I can look back on baseball as you can, and I know that I gave it 110%. And so whether I got hurt, whether I made it to the big leagues, whether I got drafted, whether I didn't, it doesn't matter. I did everything I could possibly do. I treated the game right. I played the game right. Um, I gave it all I had. And that's all I can do in business as well. I, I, I got to outwork everybody. I'm going to give it everything I have, all the attention that I can give it. And, you know, I, I just am a big believer in people that go apply themselves and work hard. Good things come from that. Without a doubt. I mean, everything that you say, and you say it a lot of times over and over, do it the right way. Do it the right way. Do it the right way, right? So uh, if you could break down, what does it mean for a kid to do it the right way? It, you know, as far as a, a, as a baseball aspect, and this is something I get into with kids a lot and parents a lot, is I always believe – there's there's two different ways to approach this. You can you can create a very good baseball player. You can create somebody who is very good at baseball, and that's all that they'll ever be good at. Or you can create a, a person that is going to be better in life. And I think when you say the right way, the difference between the right way for me would be something along the lines of how are we building character into these kids as they're learning these concepts. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think, number one, this podcast is a great thing. Some of the people that you've already brought on and will continue to bring on are just great inspirational people. And I think you're going to see, you know, a synergy there between all of them that, that they all kind of came up the same way. They, they view things the same way. They're blue-collar, hardworking people. Um, you know, when it comes to baseball, just the foundation of baseball, be a, be a student. You know, Kenneth used to tell us that all the time, and I really soaked that in. Be a student of the game of baseball. Be a student of the game of life. Um, you know, everybody wants to go up there and hit home runs. You go take BP and you want to, you know, pull one over the 
foot fence and hit a home run and, you know, feel like a big guy. Truth of the matter is the best hitters in the world go out there and they work on hitting the opposite field and hitting in, in certain situations where you have to get a runner over from first to second. And I think those are some of the things that separate, you know, the home run hitters that really aren't the all around player. And, and then your actual players, you know, Connor Gillespie that we played with is a great guy to reference here. You and I remember, you know, how many hours did you and he go up to the batting cage and work on fundamentals when nobody was around, but it was because of the drive that you guys had to be the best you could possibly be. Yeah. And that was a, a life changer for me was when me and Connor would go to the cage and nobody was around. And we said, how do we make ourselves better hitters? That's literally, we would go to the cage and say, well, well, let's, let's try this. Let's do this. Let's do different things than everybody else is doing. And at the end of the day, what it did was replicate into our game at a whole nother level that we didn't even understand was happening at the time, but it was, it was, it was our willingness to do a little bit more, do a little bit something different than the average Joe. Yep. No, no, that's right. And I think the other the other attribute about you guys is you guys were the first ones to if if you had a game and we played on Sunday night and there was something that you saw in your game that you didn't like, maybe you, you know, you know, rolled over a ball that you should have driven the other way or whatever it may have been. You guys took that and applied it in your next practice, whether it was that night or the next day or two days later, you took those those fundamentals and said, okay. There's a hole in my game. How do I fix that hole? And I think that's another thing that kids need to understand is, hey, we're all not perfect. You know, I've got a lot of flaws. You've got a lot of flaws. Everybody has flaws, whether it's life or whether it's baseball. And we all learn something every single day, or we should anyway. And in baseball, you're never going to know everything. You're never going to, you know, there's never not anything to learn. There's always a new situation. Um, and, and people need to be open about that and say, okay, I went over three with two strikeouts. What's the common denominator? Okay, I struck out on an inside curveball. I'm struggling to hit that. How do I go create myself and prepare myself where now I can hit that pitch? Yeah, and that's the, the, the beauty of baseball is you have to make adjustments. Regardless of your circumstance, there comes a level where your skill set is going to make you – you either make adjustments or you're done, right? So there's a point where – your skill set will take you so far. And then on the other end, okay, I have a skill set and then I have to learn to make my skill set and maximize my skill set. Basically the foundation of get your game right of how do I maximize my skill set to keep going further? Yeah. I no. further myself on a daily basis, just like what you said with me and Connor. And, and that's exactly why we were successful in baseball is, if somebody threw me an outside uh, fastball and I can't hit it, how do I hit that ball the opposite way and get a base hit on it? Because I can't drive that ball. It's just my, the, my physical makeup, the things that I did with my swing. If somebody threw me a fastball on the outside half, a right-handed pitcher, what I learned was my bread and butter is I can dissolve that pitch very quickly by learning how to get a base hit to left every single time they throw it, right? Yeah. So then they have to come at me with something else, and then they, they hang the slider, and then I go up top with that, or I hit a double on that. Absolutely, and that, and that principle applies from hitting to pitching to defense to anything and everything. 
um, hitting a cutoff man on a throw, you know, maybe you have an issue with that and you need to go out in the field and practice hitting your cutoff guy. You know, there's yeah. just, it's just being a student of the game. And, you know, one of the things I, I was always fortunate, I had great coaching growing up. It started with my father. He was a great baseball coach. He absolutely pounded fundamentals. Uh, you know, we worked harder than any team that was out there. I went from there to a high school coach that was just absolutely amazing as well. Um, and one of the slogans he had was win every pitch. And so it's not, we're not here to win every game. You don't want to win, you know, just in a bat, win yeah. every single pitch you're playing. And, and it's tough to keep the mental focus, whatever position you're in, you know, pitcher, catcher, outfield, infield, whatever it is to keep that focus where every single pitch you realize matters and you have to go win every single pitch, it's, it's tough to create that, but it can be created. And you can get so focused and locked in that you go out there competing, you know, that intense every pitch. And when you get to that point, good things are going to happen. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you throw 95 or 85. Good things will, will happen if you are that locked in and competitive. And, and the beauty of this is it goes back to what's the mission statement on your team, right? And this yep. goes back to the team aspect. So an individual might say, you know, I've got some skills and I want to go uh, produce at a high level. But unless there's a mission statement on a team, like what you just said, that every pitch matters. So basically what's that, what, what is that telling the, the entire team? Every pitch matters is I better be locked in and focused on every single pitch. Do you think over time, is that going to make a kid a better baseball player? Of course, without a doubt. If they're really locked in and focused for that three hours they're there on every single pitch, they're going to get better. And without that focus or without that concentration and, and people are just winging it and out there like, I don't know why we're not, why we're failing. Well, the first thing you might need to think is let's focus on every pitch. I just had a, uh, uh, parents ask me in, in my Facebook session just a little bit ago, Hey, hey, what's one thing, you know, when a kid strikes out to tell them? And I think the mantra and exactly what I told them was very similar to what you just said is that's that pitch is over. We all know it. We all know it. But let's think about things that are very achievable, very simple tasks overall. As far as if a pitcher, if you're a pitcher and you give up a home run, say you give up a three run shot, guy hits the ball over the fence. You're down by three runs, first inning. What's what can you can should you be thinking about that or what should you be thinking about? I to me it's I should be thinking about how to throw a first pitch fastball to the next guy for strike one. Absolutely, no, I, I couldn't agree more. So you ha you definitely have to have a short memory in the game of baseball, whether whatever position you're in. And, you know, I have unfortunately been in that situation where I gave up three, <laughs> three run home runs yeah. and it might have put us three, three runs down. But I think for me, you know, I knew the team around me. I knew that we could beat anybody. And so, unfortunately, a guy caught a pitch good and hit it out. They're up by three runs. There's nothing saying that my team behind me can't score five runs the next inning. But and what you, I got to do now. You used what you're doing right here is you're using the team aspect aspect as confidence for your for your own individual game. Absolutely. It's huge. If yep. people don't understand this, and this is something that I think gets lost in translation, because what we do is we put 
an individual's worth way above the teams in, in today's game. But what basically what you're saying is I understand that if I just keep doing what I'm doing, yeah, I gave up that home run, but I know that my team as a whole is going to have my back and we're going to score five runs. And if I don't give up anymore, that's we're, we're still charity. That, that's exactly, that's exactly what I'm saying. And, and so you as a player and as a pitcher, just for me coming off the pitching background as a pitcher in that scenario, you know, I've got all the confidence in the world in my team. And so I, I have to let that go. And who's up next? What are his weaknesses? And how do I go attack him? Right at the next hitter. Absolutely. It's not, it's not even a concern to you that my team sucks and we're awful. Right? Not, e- not, e- not, not even a thought in my mind. The, the thought in your mind is I know that the people behind me are going to be putting out the same effort I am. And that's that- where the team aspect comes in. It, you don't even have to know these guys. Like, say right now, we developed a team of, of, of people, and we, we're looking at it as a grand scale. I would say, okay, what's the team aspect? A team aspect is knowing that the person next to you is trying to do it just as much as you are. And you're Absolutely. all going towards achieving the same goal. And what, what I want young kids and parents to understand is you could be on the worst team on planet earth. That's, that's going to change. Like, cause there's, there's points in our life where we might be on a bad team, but there's points in our life where we're going to be on a good team. But as long as we all understand and all have that same achievable goal of what are we doing on a daily basis to get better as a team? What are we doing on a daily basis to get better as an individual? And what are we doing on a daily basis to make our team the best it can be? Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more with that. You know, it's it, and you're right. You know, I've been on some teams that were better than others, and I've been on some teams that were worse than others. And, you know, you just you, – you be a student of the game. And, you know, I, one of the things I really liked about – you know, our camaraderie that you and I's team in Wichita State had is if there was somebody that that fell off the rails a little bit and maybe, you know, for a couple of games, they just haven't been focused. We were right there in their face talking to them about it. You know, is there something going on at their home life that we can help them with is, you know, whatever the scenario is. But we're your team, bud. We're here to help you. We need you back on track. And I think the accountability that we held each other to helped us be very successful. Yeah. And it made us all better players because then the accountability was strong throughout the entire team. Absolutely. It wasn't just like there was no individual because I knew if, if Tyler Fleming wasn't on his game, it's going to make me not as good of a player, right? If I knew if, if the outfielder next to me wasn't doing as good as he should be doing, well, then where's my competition? Because now I'm the, I'm the cat's meow. And, yeah, it's, it's very easy to sit back and say, I'm the cat's meow. But if somebody's not pushing me on a daily basis or keeping me accountable, you're never going to be as good as you could be. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. And that's one of the great things about baseball is, you know, it's, it's, it's not a one-person sport, right? So I remember, and I think I've told you this story, but I remember my first day at Cali County, and, you know, pitchers were up for bullpens, and I'm sitting there watching everybody on my team throw bullpens, and, you know, I'm 6'3", and, 
170 pounds and we've got guys that are 240 and 6'6 and they throw harder than me and it appears they have nastier stuff than me. And guess what? That, you know, I got to go one of two ways, right? If I want to get on the field, I'm either going to fold and I'm not going to, I'm not going to work hard. I'm going to say, well, they're better than me. I'm not going to make it happen. It is what it is. And I'm going to play for a year and be done. Or I'm going to go out there and say, okay, these guys might throw a little harder than me, but I'm going to figure out a way that I can be as competitive, if not more competitive than they are when I'm out on the field. And I'm going to take advantage of every single play that I get in there on the field to show the coaches what I really can do. And and that's what I tried to apply. And I, I was fortunate that it worked out for me. And, and once again, you know, this is to all the kids out there that might throw 85 or 86 or 80, you know, there is nothing saying that you can't go out there and be absolutely successful because I'm telling you right now, you can. You're only labeled as to what society will label you. Because at, at the end of the day, all these organizations want is people who are going to produce good results. That's right. That's Whether exactly right. A college team, and I'll tell any kid, okay, you, you need to evaluate your skill set to a point. But at the end of the day, how, how am I going to add value to the team for a pitcher? It would be how many outs can I get compared to how many people I let on base? Simple, yep. right? Yep. And, and the guy that throws uh, 95 that walks everybody on planet Earth, they'll deal with that a little bit longer. But at the end of the day, if you're the guy that's getting a bunch of people out, they would rather go with the guy that's getting a bunch of people out. I would 100% agree with that. And, you know, in my, my scenario, I wasn't a guy that went out and struck out 15 people a game. That, that just that wasn't my strong suit. I mean, I got my strikeouts here and there. Um, but I was a throw-to-contact sinker-slider guy. But I recognized about that about myself. You know, I didn't go out there and act like I threw 98 and throw it down the middle and think nobody's going to hit it because if I do that, I'm going to get turned around. So what I did is I took my game and my capabilities that God gave me and I honed those, right? I honed those to do everything I possibly can. You know, there's guys that are short. There's guys that are tall. There's guys that are fast. There's guys that are slow. Take your game and hone in the skills. And you know what? Take advantage of, of your coach's knowledge, of the people like Andy Dirks' knowledge that you can go pick their brain. There is the only dumb question in, in any sport or anything in life is the one you don't ask, right? And so there, there's never a silly question. There's never anything to be embarrassed about. I still ask questions every single day in my life in business and in, in whatever it may be. And, but, you know, Play your game. That's another thing that Kimnitz used to tell us. Play your game. Be who you are. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very tough to be something you're not. And a lot of people try to be something they're not, thinking that if I'm, if I'm this person over here, my life would be very easy. But what they don't see is that person's life's not easy either. Right. That's right. That's they, right. Everybody, we're, we're all, we're all going to have our own struggles. We're all going to have our own things that we deal with in life. How do, how does a person as a whole stay on a track? Like what, what, what you just said, you might not be the best pitcher on planet earth. You might not be the best businessman yet, but how, what is it that attracts you to that process to stay the course? I, you know, I think the I think the eagerness to to learn, and then I think results, right? So, as you 
in baseball or business, whatever it is, as you get better at it, you start seeing different results. And, and it might be small at first. It might be big, whatever it is. But as you start seeing those results, it's exciting. And I think that creates because you're competitive already and then you start seeing results from the things that you're doing, it creates that drive in even a bigger way, if that's even possible, but it creates that drive in even a bigger way where you say, okay, this is wonderful. I'm getting results from doing this. How can I get even better results? I want to do an even better job. And then you drive that much harder. So I think that applies to life. I think it applies to, applies to baseball, um, any sport for that matter. But, but yeah, I, I, I think these, you know, the kids, the fundamentals and they're, they're going to go play the game the right way. There's going to be a time where they're in a situation where they make the right decision because they've done it 5,000 times in practice. And they say, Hey, you know, I got a good result from that. I hit my cutoff. We got the guy out at home and they didn't score a run. Wow. This is great. I want to learn more. I want to make good decisions, you know, more often. So it's, it's seeing those, those small results from the, from the work you're putting in. It seems like that 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 small. Think of it as, as a, instead of a, a macro level, a micro level, right? Like, yep. oh, it, this was well, this was one small result I got out of doing this, but it was a positive result. Absolutely, absolutely. As opposed to saying I need to go uh, be in the big leagues and do X, Y, and Z, it's like I I succeeded. What what seemed to be a minuscule level, but actually resulted into uh, the betterment of everybody. Absolutely. And positive results can come in so many different ways. You know, just, it's like you as a hitter, you know, you might've been working on adjustments and you get out there and the exact pitch that you whiffed at the week before you square it up and you line it straight at the shortstop and you got out and you didn't get a base hit. You didn't help your average, but you know, at the end of the day, what you did is you made an adjustment and you did exactly what you were supposed to do. And I love that because failure and success is not shouldn't be societal standard. It should be what you understand the process to be. Agreed, hundred percent. So whatever process you're trying to stick to, whatever you're trying to get better at right now, don't let society's norms or society's thoughts dictate your success or your failure. Yeah, I can't. I can't agree more with that. And and just to add on to that, I think that. Setting goals for yourself is a great thing. I'm a huge fan of setting goals and, and make them realistic goals and you continue to climb that ladder. You know, there, there might be some kids listening to this that their, their main goal is to somehow start on JV and they're going to work really hard and, and hopefully get that chance and they start on JV and do some good and help their team. And the next goal from there is I want to start on varsity and so on. Those people always see way more benefit out of life and that's the character building aspects of sports that's the whole beauty of sport as a whole is it's yeah it's great you know we get these people who are the big leaguers and all this different stuff but at the end of the day how many of us are going to get there not many but there's still a lot of things you can learn from sports just like yourself to use in your daily life absolutely i i couldn't agree more and i couldn't I couldn't be more appreciative of, of all the, the time and experience that I got playing baseball at the levels that I played and because it, it absolutely helped me become a stronger person, more mentally sound, and it absolutely helps me on a daily basis in business. What is one thing you took away from sports as a whole, uh, baseball for you, 
what's one thing that, that, that's really stuck with you or one or two things that, that you say, you know, I look back at, at what I did in baseball and this has helped make me and mold me into a better business person. Yeah. So, I mean, that list is probably so long I could talk for an hour on it, but uh, you know, respecting, respecting the people around me and what they do to help every day, you know, as a team, having that team aspect in baseball, you know, I want to go out every day and I want to, I want to do everything I possibly can to help my team. And, and I want to go four for four and I want to strike out every single batter I face. But in reality, I've got to depend on my teammates to help me out. And I think that applies in business as well. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that work for our companies on a daily basis that are absolutely the reason that we're successful in certain scenarios, not just because of me, it's because of the team that we've surrounded ourselves with and everybody working together. And I think the other thing is, um, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing how far hard work and, and like we said, really, really focusing your attention on what you do good at and honing in your skills will take you so much further than you can imagine. Um, and, and it took me further than, like you said, I, I think I got everything out of my physical capacity that I, that I could have. And I think I probably did more than I should have just because I really tried to be, you know, a student of the game and focus and hone my skills. And, and you know, it applies in life, man. It's just there's hard work pays off. I'm a big believer in karma. Once again, to mention Brent Kimnitz, I think we've heard him say this several times, but you know, if you go out and you prepare whatever it is in life and baseball, whatever work, you have a meeting coming up tomorrow. When you go prepare yourself the right way and you do what you needed to do going into that, you have given yourself every chance to be successful and that's all you can ask for. Without a doubt. So the team aspect understanding and humbling yourself enough to know, Hey, without, with, with just me being here, this isn't going to work. I need other people around me. I think that's huge for anybody to understand, especially as they're going through the process of baseball, a young athlete, uh, looking at this whole, this whole idea of maybe going to play in college ball, maybe going to a business later and understanding when I get to a business, if I'm not a team player, I'm out. Right. Like yep. if I think that just I'm just God's gift to earth and I can, I can do whatever I want. It's you got to humble yourself and understand that without the people around you, without the people, the coaches that are there, without the, the media that's there promoting you, nobody cares about you. Right. So you you just happen to be a circumstance of your circumstance. You have to be an identity that is very fleeting and very, it could as easily be, the man one day and nobody the next day. But if you understand the concepts that you're teaching of, Hey, it's a team aspect, regardless of how we're looking at it. So the bottom, the person that's at the bottom of the rung is just as important as the person at the top. Absolutely. Until you understand those concepts, you'll never have freedom in life. You'll never be able to do anything in life. That's worth anything until you understand some of that. Yep. I, I couldn't agree more. And, and I just say that, you know, for all the kids out there, dream big, you know, dream big, but, but if you want to really go accomplish those big dreams, be prepared to put the work in and work. So work and understanding that people around you are important. 
And if, if anybody can take anything out of this podcast, I think those two ideas are extremely important. It's one thing to put the work in. It's another thing to understand that you can't do it all yourself. So basically, all the work, all that hard effort, everything you strive for on a daily basis is only as good as the people around you to a point. And if the people around you aren't as good, you're going to make them better. And the beauty of it is the people around you will make you better. Absolutely. I agree 100% with that. Tyler, uh, this is this is some great stuff, man. I, I, and I hope to have you on future podcasts. But but for today, everything that you've said, I think, is is a reminder to all of us as a whole that the team aspect is extremely important. Without hard work, we don't get anything. And that life as a whole isn't about us. It's about how can we we benefit other people and how can other people they're going to benefit us. Is there one last thing that you'd like to tell the crowd? You know what? I, I just, I just want to end on that. I appreciate you even inviting me on this. And, and as you know, I'm a big fan of your core principles as a person and being somebody that got to work out side by side with you and, and, you know, beyond that, just be very good friends. But I really respect the work ethic that you have put in, not only in baseball, but in life in general and in business. And I think you are a very, very good role model for a lot of these kids to learn from and strive to be. And, and I think it's great that you're sharing your knowledge. I really appreciate that. Uh, everything that I ever try to do with Get Your Game Right and in my real estate business, wherever it is, I really focus on what do people as a whole, how can I betterment people? How can I make their life better? How can I, uh, 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 not, it's not about Andy. It's about how can I focus on to help people, right? And, and that, if you go with that mindset, I think you'll never fail. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. You know, I love you, buddy. Thank you so much for your time. This stuff is awesome. And I hope everybody out there listening understands that this is a real case scenario. This is not Tyler Fleming is not a person who made it to the big leagues, but he's also a person who is very successful at everything he does. So the whole premises of get your game right is based around maximizing talent. This is a guy who maximizes talent and this is how you do it. Tyler, thanks for being on the show, buddy. Absolutely. Great to talk to you. Later.